0: Welcome to Dish the Dirt, a light-hearted and fun podcast about Australian flower growers, their stories, knowledge, and insights into the industry. I'm your host Rebecca, and each week I speak to a different farmer and get them to dish the dirt. Dish the Dirt acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which we work and live, and recognise their continuing connection to land, water, and community. We pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to episode 2 of season 4 of Dish the Dirt. It is such a pleasure to be here with you, to be sharing these stories again with you and to be recording every week with um, new Australian flower farmers. It's just such a pleasure. So... This recording was recorded a little time ago when the big storm came through up in the Dandenong Ranges up in the hills um, in Victoria and we do chat a little bit about it at the beginning of the episode. I kind of like to leave these pieces in here because it sort of sets us into a time and place. I know if we go back and listen to all of these episodes, we'll be chatting about lockdown and Different states being in lockdown and now that's the power. So yeah, I'd like to leave them in just so we know where we are. Um, I speak to the wonderful Anna from Charmer's Garden. Charmer's Garden is a flower patch located in Serpentine, Victoria. The flowers are grown by Anna, a mother and a photographer who is drawn to gardening as a tool to help her manage her anxiety and to help her children connect with nature. And though the Charmers Garden is small, it is mighty and produces an abundance of blooms for florists, event organizers, and the general public. What a pleasure to speak to you, Anna. Thank you for sharing your time with me. After this episode is finished, please stick around because I have some exciting news. Let's get into it. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you?
1: Good. I've been thinking of you without power and, oh my goodness, I can't even imagine.
0: Uh, I have power now, so I'm really lucky. Yeah. Uh, we just had, so I went out on Wednesday and then I sort of thought, oh, you know, like it'll be back tomorrow because the power goes out here a lot because we yeah. just so many trees. And then, yeah, and then Sunday night we got it back, so. <laughs> oh my
1: goodness I don't yeah. think that has ever happened in my entire life mm. that is such a long time
0: <laughs> I know well I know some people are still waiting and I know like up in Callister, like further up in the Dandenongs they're saying that they'll be out for a month <gasps> yeah um and Sam, who has salmon wild violet garden she still doesn't have power and I know Meg from Monvale Flowers doesn't have power either. So, yeah, there's oh still my a goodness. I <laughs> feel
1: so, so sorry for all of them, like all the things. I know. I feel really uh,
0: good having power and I just try, uh, I don't know, when our power went on there were still a few local people who didn't have it and I'm like, please bring your washing. And even
1: just like with kids, like yeah, uh, things we My, take for granted.
0: Yeah. My kids loved it because we ended up going up to a friend's holiday home for like three of the nights and they just had like big fireplaces. They didn't have any power either, but um, at least we were warm. And the kids just thought it was the best thing ever, that we were on this, like, adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, at least I had something to distract them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, do you want to begin by sort of telling us where you're situated?
1: Sure. So, we live in Serpentine, which is about 40 k's north of Bendigo. That's a really, really like it's a small town but the community is massive and everyone here is super encouraging and friendly and supportive so yeah it's a nice place
0: yeah cool and how much land do you have
1: we have a block of 10 acres but there is no way that that will all be flowers ever (laughs) um say never (laughs) (laughs) um we've got like a it's pretty much like a paddock out the front yard. And that's where most of the flowers are going. So Yeah. yeah. Cool. And a massive garden. So that's where it all sort of started. And um, there was just a garden bed in the middle of the lawn. And that was the first place that I actually set up my flowers and was really surprised at how many flowers I could fit in just a really small space because it is tiny.
0: Yeah. So what made you... How did you start? So you started with that little garden bed, but what made you want to plant flowers in the first place?
1: I think after having our second child, I decided that I wanted to do more gardening. And then I was really into my veggie patch and was terrible at it. I couldn't grow anything, but I was really invested in it and then we got married and the florist that did our flowers um Sarah from Bryant's Buds in Echuca she did the most amazing bunches of flowers for us and when she gave them to me on the morning of the wedding I was thinking why on earth am I growing veggies because like I want to grow these (laughs) Um, and that was it that was just yeah I just looked online and realized that that was actually something people did I didn't pretty embarrassing but I didn't really think that much about where flowers came from or how they were grown until that moment I didn't really think of the people that were handling them before we got them yeah and that sort of a thing and what they do to them so yeah
0: yeah I think that's pretty common to be honest
1: (laughs) yeah it's a scary
0: thought really (laughs) until it's brought up um yeah you don't really think about it but so you went online and what sort of what did you find there and what did you start growing to start off with?
1: I found florette, obviously. That was a mm-hmm. probably top search result. Um, and then realised that there was, you know, um, lots of flower farms that weren't that far away from me, which was really surprising. <laughs> yep. um, and there was just, this massive there was a Facebook page um and everyone was really welcoming on that as well even though I was literally just saying I don't know what I'm doing is this even a thing I should be pursuing and yeah there was just a massive community of people that were really friendly and really encouraging and I planted the easiest things first like cosmos and um cornflower and I had the very first time I grew the dahlias, I grew three, <laughs> um, <laughs> because I was so scared I was going to spend this money on them and not be able to keep them alive, and, um, and now I just I'm still just always trying to find new seeds to try out and see what works well here, and surprisingly, yeah. a lot of things do, which is good.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, awesome! So, how's your soil there?
1: Um, in the garden, it's like in the actual house yard, it's really good. But outside and where I'm trying to expand, it's, it's like clay. <laughs> um, so it's going to take a bit of time to improve that. But um, that's just one of those things. You can't rush it really. And yeah, it just takes time, I suppose.
0: Yeah. So you went from your, so your garden bed and how many years ago was that? How long have you been?
1: That was only two years ago. So yeah, it's, we're very, yeah, very, very early in it. And, um, I still feel like I've done a lot more, like I've learned a lot in that time, such a short frame of time. Um, everything's just trial and error. And I think that's the best way to learn. Like, you know, actually speaking to people is so much more helpful than looking online and, it's just nice to get people's opinions and like tricks of the trade, I suppose you would say um, is a lot easier to learn than reading a book, especially from Florette because it's different it's different over there, yeah compared to how it is
0: here um, so yeah, I think that's yeah. the one learn I've learned from listening to all of the growers is that it can be different from you know where you are to like twenty minutes down the road, so definitely. Right. Yeah. You know, from America, I think it would be
1: really hard. Uh, oh, it's so different. Like there's, they have snow over there and not just a little bit, like masses of snow. Like it. it I don't think it would ever snow here.
0: <laughs> so is it your full-time sort of job now doing flowers or are you just sort of still doing it on the side?
1: It's still on the side but I guess I've got three kids so that yeah. takes up a big chunk of time and then I'm also a photographer so I've got the three things sort of going on and I just slot everything in when I sort of can. Um, but when the kids go to school, I'm hoping that it can be a bigger thing and and over the years it'll just keep growing and growing, hopefully.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. This past season, uh, what
1: were you growing? I had heaps of dahlias in, in comparison to other people. I probably didn't have very many, but to me, it was a lot. I think I had 55. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it was a lot, as yeah, to start off with. Um, and then I had celosia, had lots of Cosmos and Amaranth um I tried and failed with bells of Ireland um I had lots of ranunculus and anemones which I absolutely loved and I think I underrated how pretty they are I didn't I sort of just thought I had to plant them and then I saw them and I was like oh my goodness these are actually really easy to grow (laughs) um and I can't even think what else we had in a lot of status and baby's breath um yeah there was lots of different bits and pieces so yeah yeah.
0: and what have you found sort of the hardest thing about starting out and then I'll ask you the next part of the question which is like what is the easiest but what's the hardest thing been has it been trying to source flowers um yeah I don't know
1: I feel like the hardest part for me has been just having the confidence to tell people that I've got flowers that I want to sell. I think for a start, I, or still, I just feel like, are they good enough? Are they, um, do people actually want them? Do they care where they came from? Um, and I, I do get, like, people do show that they care where they came from and they care what what I want to do and, you know, what all these growers are doing. But um, it's hard to figure out how to price things and not feel like you're competing with florists because at the end of the day, I don't want to compete with other people. Um, I don't Mm. want to undercut people that, especially florists that are like professionally trained because I'm obviously not. Um, So, yeah, it's hard to figure out what to charge and how to approach people with it, I think. That's probably the hardest part. Uh,
0: Have you found started out selling through Instagram or how how have you reached out to people?
1: Yeah, just through Instagram pretty much. Um, A little bit through Facebook, same thing I suppose. But, um, yeah, mainly just through that. And word of mouth, lots of locals have been really supportive of it too, I suppose, because to get to a florist it's, you know, almost an hour drive. So it's easier for them to just come to me if they can. So that's good.
0: (laughs) So are you selling on the farm gate as bunches or just buckets?
1: Uh, Bunches at the moment, but I'm hoping to do more buckets and things like that. There's a local lady who does flowers for weddings and um, she has been a wealth of knowledge for me and has lent me so many books and was probably the first person who really made me believe that what I was doing wasn't entirely crazy. (laughs) Um, She's been so helpful. So supplying people like herself and Floris has been um, really encouraging too.
0: Yeah. And then what's been the easiest part? Um, Staying motivated.
1: Yeah. I never thought I would say that, but it. Um, I think just going outside every day and seeing what's changed, even just in a day, you can't help but just want to keep going and seeing what you can do next. And, you know, if one thing doesn't grow or it doesn't work out how you thought it was going to, it's um. you still just want to keep trying. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) what have you, like, found the easiest um, that grows in your soil and do you think over time you'll refine what you're growing or do you think you'll just carry on with kind of everything and, um, yeah, how do you see it um, evolving?
1: I think as I go on, I'm probably going to let things self-seed a lot more. Mm. there's so many things like the Queen Anne's Lace and um, the Cornflowers and Cosmos and even Zinnias, they've all self-seeded. And yet I've been trying so hard to raise them in, you know, little seed trays and uh, really care for them. But I find that a lot of the time when they're self-seeded, they seem to put down their roots a lot stronger. And it's like, they've chosen where they want to grow, so they grow well there, if that makes sense. I don't know if that's scientifically right, but it just seems that way. So I think I'm going to just sort of let nature do its thing a little bit more and I'm definitely going to refine what I grow going forward because some things like cornflowers, I think they're beautiful, but I never end up picking them because they're just so fiddly and time-consuming.
0: So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah they're so beautiful though but I get it they I know when I get them in a bucket they kind of tangle up with everything else and then I yes. ah, get like get out of the way have <laughs> got so many and then to like bits but
1: see it to like strip the stems it's hard not to like snap them and squish them and mm-hmm. yeah they are very tangly they're yeah. so pretty though but it's a shame but yeah the bees look I think that's a good thing. They do. And my kids like picking them and then um, they make little mud pies with them. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) uh, And then sometimes they like to press them and put them on like cookies and things. But that is literally the only thing they get used for now. (laughs) Yeah, nice.
0: So what would you um, share with other people who are kind of wanting, who are like you, who maybe have had a child or children or, I don't know, just wanting maybe a career change, what would you say to them?
1: I would say just go outside and plant something. Don't just sit with the seed packet in your hand and think, but I don't know where to put it. I don't know if it'll grow. Just go and check it out there. A lot of things don't need as much care as what you initially think. (laughs) Mm. Um, And yeah, just give it a go and, and reach out to all these other growers because I've found that literally everyone is just happy to talk about it, everyone's passionate about it and, you know, they want other people to be doing this. They want the word to spread that it's important where they came from and how they're grown and um, especially if you've got kids and you want your kids to be involved like what I do, you don't want them touching a lot of the things that, um, yeah, a lot of the things that people can use. So, yeah, I think just go out and try.
0: Yeah. And in saying that, how are you choosing to farm? Are you chemical free? What what have you made, choices have you made around that?
1: I wouldn't say we're chemical free. We still use um, things like Roundup. And that sort of a thing around the farm. Mm. Um, But I try not to use anything else. Like if there's bugs on the flowers, I sort of just wait for the good bugs to come. I haven't really had to intervene too much. And I'm wondering as I scale up how that's going to change, because obviously working with a really small space, it's easier to keep on top of things like that and to monitor things like that.
0: Yeah. But
1: um, I'm hoping that I can stick to that um, and learn new ways of, you know, of growing things that way, even on a bigger scale.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, do you think there's a – have you found any good information out there for Australian growers on how to manage that sort of thing on a large scale?
1: I think it's all sort of word of mouth still, to be honest. I am um, – and because things differ so much from place to place, I feel like what works for one person might not work for everyone else. But as I said, like that Facebook group that I've, um, that I've been on is so, so helpful because everyone's just willing to put in, you know, what worked for them and you can sort of just pick and choose, you know, what you want to try out yourself. Um, yep. You can't really find stuff like that in a book, I don't think. Um, and on the internet it's all you know, if you Google something, you just sort of end up with all sorts of random things.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And how do you, um, are you enjoying being part of the flower community? Do you have quite a strong community where you are?
1: I feel like I do. I feel Mm -hmm. like all of the
0: florists in,
1: well, a lot of the florists in Bendigo have been really positive towards, you know, I've tried to approach people and being really transparent saying like I'm completely new to the industry there is a lot that I don't know but I'm sort of hoping that they can help me find my way through it and yeah I feel like um, literally everyone I don't think I've come across one negative person yet which I'm sure I will eventually but <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but so far it's been really positive and yeah, it was a, I was a bit scared to reach out to people, um, but I thought they might think I was a bit of an imposter or a bit, um, you know, I thought they might think I had the vision in my head of just tiptoeing through the flowers in a linen dress and I, I don't really have much interest in that. I quite like going out and getting muddy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, yeah, I think the network is it's getting stronger all the time and yeah yeah, it's a good it's a good um it's it feels like a really positive bunch of people to be interacting with
0: Yeah. yeah and how has your photography helped you with the farm do you think it's well you'll be able to take beautiful pictures of your flowers for a while (laughs)
1: yeah I'm forever taking photos of the flowers and my husband looks at me and he's I can tell he's thinking how many photos can you take of a single flower but (laughs) (laughs) but I think it's probably helped a little bit in the way that it um that's what made people sort of take notice of me growing flowers on like my personal Instagram they sort of were thinking oh, wow, your gun must be amazing. And then if they ever came to our house, they would realise that it's just straight rows. It's not very <laughs> – it's, it's not what they're expecting. Um, but, yeah, that definitely helps people get excited about what you're growing and um, are more interested in it. And I like taking photos of, like, bugs and all those sorts of things as well as the flowers. So, yeah, it's nice to see them
0: on flowers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, completely. I love picking up a bucket from a local flower farmer and it's full of ladybugs, but then I also feel bad for them because they're stuck inside my shop. So <laughs> constantly trying to like save them and put them outside or my daughter like collects them and takes them up to our garden. So to all of the people who I have brought from in the past because <laughs> our garden get, is healthy because of all of your
1: good (laughs) bugs oh I love that yeah the only wedding that I've had flowers supplied to um when I because I actually did the photos for the wedding as well so I got to see and photograph like everything all set up and when it was all like the ceremony was over we were looking at the arbor and it was late afternoon and all the bees came in and the lady who put it all together Jan the local lady she was saying she had never seen you know bugs and bees and things touching flowers from a wedding because they're obviously being sprayed with goodness knows what and mm-hmm. it was just so it was so cool it was so pretty and everyone just kept commenting on how natural it looked yeah. so yeah that
0: was really cool yeah awesome and in saying that what have you learnt? I guess about the industry since you've been in
1: it I have heard that obviously every industry is very competitive but I heard, have heard that yeah, it can be um I, and I think that's probably goes back to what I said before about approaching people I didn't want to stand on any toes of make people think I was going to undercut them because I have heard that people can be quite defensive of their of obviously of their business which is kind of understandable <laughs> yeah. um but other than that most things have been really positive I yeah. still maybe that just shows how long I've been involved with everything but
0: no, yeah everything
1: still it, seems really positive
0: yeah it is a positive industry it's just yeah I think you're right about their pricing uh how did you end up finding out about your pricing? Did you just ask other florists or is it something that's brought up on the Facebook group?
1: Yeah, I got a bit of advice from the Facebook group and also spoke to a local florist and because I'd been selling buckets of flowers to her, I sort of said what we do think is reasonable for um, something like what I've put together and is that you know, I don't want to upset her business. I live an hour in a way, like I live an hour away. So I'm not, you know, going to be setting up shop outside her door. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she was really, really helpful. Um, but then I suppose that's one of the difficulties is that, um, with giving her flowers, there was some of them that were, you know, they had ladybugs and things like that on them. And that, she was sort of a bit opposed to that. She didn't really want the bugs in her shop and that sort of a thing. But, yeah, it's just one of those things, I suppose. It's just you've got to find your
0: people. Yeah, exactly. So when you are out on the farm, uh, what is your favourite music to listen to? This is a new question for Season 4. Or what is, like, what inspiration do you have when you're out there? And, yeah, and then I'll ask you about the tools and stuff. <laughs> um,
1: oh, that's a curveball. <laughs> I was expecting that. I listened to, um, oh, I've forgotten her name now. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, <laughs> uh, the, um, what is her name?
0: Like a karaoke uh, ballad or something that you sing when you're in the paddock. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I'm usually listening to the kids because they're playing. Okay. Um, but if I'm out there on my own, which is not very often, I'm either listening to Annabelle Hickson. That's her name. Oh, cool. She has a podcast um, and it's literally just her friend and her having a chat. And it's really, really cool. Um, she did that book, A Tree in the House. Okay. and And, um, yeah, it's really funny and really good. Okay, I listen to that.
0: Wear <laughs> that. And what um, if you had to leave the farm really quickly? What three plants or seeds would you take with you?
1: I would probably take a dahlia of some description, just at random. <laughs> um, and then I would probably take—I have a rose. That's called, I think it's Jude the Obscure and it's just stunning. It's my favourite rose ever. Yeah. And the third one I would take is probably one of my olive trees, I think. I'm always stripping the olive trees.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you have, when you brought the property, did it have some good, um, like foliage on it, like already established.
1: Yeah, we've been very, very lucky. I still walk around and realize that I haven't noticed things before. <laughs> yeah. um, the garden was amazing when we moved in, and we moved in when our first child was a newborn, and I literally killed almost everything.
0: It was awful.
1: <laughs> I just didn't know how to look after a garden. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's sounds- how. So- Yeah. so (laughs) um and who inspires you the most um
1: I get a lot of inspiration off Monty Don um I really like his approach to gardening um but I think in like real life (laughs) um I I get really inspired by it sounds very cliche you know I'm going to say it out loud I get really inspired by my husband because he's a farmer and he just gets things done and yeah I really like his encouragement and his help and
0: yeah yeah and what are your hopes for the next like two years
1: I would hope to have doubled well I will have doubled the growing space um by this spring. So that's really exciting. And I hope that it's even bigger again in the next two years and, and just hoping that the relationships with, um, you know, event organizers and florists and things just strengthens and, um, yeah, I hope that it's not such an out there concept to, um, be growing your own flowers and, and not using all of the nasties and, yeah, I really like seeing a lot of the bouquets that people grow themselves because they're just that little bit more wild than a lot of the um than a lot of the really uh I don't know how to say it without sounding like I don't like it. <laughs> um, like <laughs> the classic florist bundles that you get from the market. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like seeing things that are a little bit wild, which yeah. is really nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, awesome. And is there anything I haven't asked you that you really wanted to tell me or share with anyone?
1: Oh, I don't know now. Um, I don't know. I had lots of notes and things that I was going to say and I feel like I've covered pretty much everything. Good. Um, Yeah. (laughs) It's easy. Uh, I was really nervous.
0: (laughs) uh, No, you don't seem nervous at all. Um, (laughs) It's been so nice to chat to you and I hope that um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you and buy flowers from you or just, I don't know, come and see the farm if they're close by, how would they get in touch with you?
1: The easiest way would probably be just through Instagram.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's your Instagram handle?
1: It is Chalmers Garden. Dot seasonal flowers. Awesome.
0: Great. Wow, that's us done. That is my first recording in awesome. a long time. So thank you. I was a bit rusty too. I? <laughs> thank you so much again, Anna, for sharing your story with us. If you would like to get in touch with Anna, you can do so via. Her Instagram at charmersgarden.seasonalflowers. I have news. I have a farm tour coming up with Monvale Flowers. Monvale Flowers is located in Monbulk, Victoria. All of the information is now out on the District Instagram, so head on over to there and you can see a little bit about it. We're having a farm tour, there will be guest speakers, we've got goodie bags, we've got drinks and nibbles, we've got meet and greet, there's going to be a whole heap of things going on, it's going to be such a great day, so we would love to see as many people there as we possibly can with COVID restrictions, so please head along, have a look at the Dish the Dirt Instagram, there you will find in the bio the link to buy tickets. Please come, I think it's really important that we get out to our flower farmers and see what's happening out there, especially if you're a florist and you want to make some new connections, come along if you're a flower farmer, it's just great to see what other people are doing because everyone does it slightly differently, so yeah, come on, let's do it. Thank you so much to Meg and Jo for hosting this farm tour, without them, they've just been so supportive and I would love to put a big shout out to them so thank you thank you so much all right well until next week enjoy this lockdown Victoria stay safe um I hope everyone in New South Wales is doing okay oh goodness me who knows when this will be over but you know what there we've got so many things to look forward to so just Enjoy the weekend, do a puzzle, drink some wine, make a really nice dinner, bake a cake, do something nice for yourselves. Until next week, keep being blooming fabulous.